Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The post-May 2-4 weekend, episode 36 of Four Future Considerations. John's here, I'm here, Manny's still asleep on his patio outside. Oh, we'll man. get him in here at some point. Oh, there he is! Yeah. How's the long weekend, boys? Oh, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. I haven't received a Manny Pava drunk text like that in a long time. Long time. Oh, man. Do you see just the one side of my face is red because I fell asleep in the sun? <laughs> oh, that was a wild There's also a, a bottle-sized white spot right on your on your chest there. I don't know what that was that the Tito's or what? Yeah, and the worst part, I did that all alone. Like <laughs> <laughs> The girls were playing in the uh, the unicorn uh, sprinkler. Right, yeah. Connor McDavid, the unicorn, is out there. <laughs> and they enjoyed it. I sat down and watched and enjoyed some pops. What did you do on the long weekend, John? Uh, we did some barbecuing, and uh, then I mowed the lawn, so that was great. <laughs> uh, well, what else that sounds awful. That's the worst yeah. long weekend. Yeah. He's all yeah. domesticated. I know. Where's Wild John? Know, remember, remember, Wild John. Like we always talk about vodka, Shane, Shane Topolovic, yeah. next level athletics, uh, specializing in sports training. <laughs> that's that's early in the show for him. I was talking to Shane this week. I'll get to that when we actually promote him. But Rashad used to be like when we were up in Own Sound. The only time we'd see him, he'd come out of his little booth, is to ask, "Hey, hey, boys, where are we drinking tonight?" Right? And I'm like John. Like I mean. I'm still I'm still drunk from last night. We wouldn't leave the building and he'd crack the first one oh, already. He'd be done. We'd be walking down the stairs. He'd be jamming his keys into the side of a bush bush light can. Pop that one open. <laughs> walking down the stairs. Little paps on a Friday night. Oh, uh, John, you've changed. John. <laughs> I know. Now it's like, well, let's go into the garage and let's see uh, what we're going to recycle. <laughs> <laughs> honey, honey, you put the cardboard in the blue box again. <laughs> oh man and that's me saying that yeah we want to thank everyone who reached out commented on our last episode with dale mitchell on the ot yeah great time with dale if i missed it go back uh, have a listen talked about the anniversaries of the memorial cup championships for the spitfires in 2009 2010 unbelievable stories about his time in europe that you really need to listen to as well we posted that link to the video too <laughs> on our social media feed where he talked about the coach who lost his mind i was waiting for your boy ducharme to do that to his own team last yeah. night <laughs> Dominique. <laughs> and we had some good uh, conversations on social media about that 20 team, uh, 2010 Spitfires team too, which a lot of people will call the greatest hockey team and junior hockey of all time. Uh, some people said the 2005 London Knights and others talked about uh, that 2010 Spitfires team. Uh, Tyler called them a wagon. Yeah, the Spitfires were a wagon of a team. <laughs> it's a wagon. Uh, I I think they're top two. I think Dale's right. That got to be. They're top two. I know 2005 was different with the lockout. And, yep. And that sort of thing. But 
the talent level was pretty high. The Knights had to beat Sidney Crosby in the Mem Cup. Mm-hmm. So, oh, for sure, we got some great stuff on uh, on social media this time around. So again, considering uh, or or encouraging everybody to uh, to jump on to social media uh, podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook as well. We had uh, Twitter fights this week. Yeah. Um, Instagram fights. Instagram yeah. fights this yeah. week. Manny had already known that the the Winnipeg Jets were going to win the series. <laughs> last, but just before Game Three, he posted the final score of uh, the Jet sweep uh, of uh, of Game Four. It's uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, we 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 actually want to give a shout out to to uh, the Windsor Spitfires 2017 Memorial Cup Championship team. Their anniversary is coming up too on May oh, yeah. 28th. Yeah, and we will honor that team as well. So. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes about that team. And if you have any suggestions for upcoming shows or you want to comment on previous shows or let us know some of your hot takes, send us an email anytime for future considerations at gmail.com. We love hearing from you. And I have some uh, great questions for Rapid Fire this week as well. But uh, let's start with a look at the NHL playoffs. And now, a golden opportunity. Kyle Connor shoots and he scores! And I stayed up till about uh, 2.20 a.m. on Tuesday morning and watched the Winnipeg Jets complete the four-game sweep of the Edmonton Oilers. And now Edmonton joins the Washington Capitals and the St. Louis Blues as the first teams to be eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Which of those eliminations do you guys think is most surprising? It's got to be the Oilers for me. Like, uh, you know, Washington was a little bit banged up. St. Louis ran into uh, a buzzsaw with Colorado, who I have picked to win the Stanley Cup, but I also had Edmonton coming out of the North with mm-hmm. the best player on the planet and Connor McDavid, and they could not do it. They could not win a single game. Granted, the last three games all went into overtime. Uh, one overtime, two overtimes, three overtimes. Yeah. So, one of those absolutely should not have gotten to overtime. True. That, true. Game three, when they blew a 3-1 lead. Mm-hmm. 4-1. Yeah, Four, uh, and and the fact that uh, you could say that well, those overtimes count for like a six game series. It didn't matter; they didn't win a hockey game. Um, so game four was the longest in Jets history, mm-hmm. but they look like the better team. And I'll put team in quotations because from top down, from their three lines, four lines that they rolled, their defense looked strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and Connor Hellebuck was great. They were the better team and deserved to win that series. Yeah, and I, I think the the way they win that series, obviously in a sweep, uh, is is certainly surprising. I had Winnipeg a bit dead to rights uh, without Ehlers, and and they had really struggled at the end of the regular season. They're dropping to that third spot, um, and and really seemed like they had lost a bit of in the tank there. Um, so to see them come back and have that kind of performance was was certainly impressive. Ehlers coming back and and looking as as good as ever makes a big difference. Yeah. That's a very deep team for sure, and and, and if Hellebuck's going to play the way that he is, um, that's going to be uh, you know we had said this before, and we've said this in, in previous episodes. You know, expecting the Leafs to to beat Montreal, that uh, Winnipeg was the team in a seven game series that could play with them. That trailed off for me, uh, but uh, they might be right back at it. 
And Shifley looked amazing in that uh, overtime as well. He seemed mm-hmm. to be everywhere all over the ice. And so, Rashad, when that game ends at 2-something in the morning or whatever it is, are you just more excited? Because I, uh, I know Jill's from, from Winnipeg, and, and so you've adopted that team because your team stinks. But when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when that game ends, are you more excited that the Jets won or just, oh, my God, I get to go to bed? Yeah, it was my God, I get to go to bed. <laughs> well, you didn't want to give up on it. Good no. for you. you. You toughed it out. Yeah, that's right. Well, it was funny because um, I needed a shower, so um, I used the 12 minutes of intermission time to get up and get a shower and then got back to the TV in time to watch the overtime. And then as soon as, soon as that game ended, I was right to bed. There you go. <laughs> Shifley actually, was great, though. Shifley yeah, was great. Excellent. Actually, one thing I did do while I was uh, just getting into bed is I uh, just put on the earbuds for a minute just to listen to what the fans were saying uh, on the Oilers post-game show on the radio. And um, they are all united that they need a better defense and that they've got to do some upgrading on defense. What do you guys think about the future of the Oilers? They have the best team or the best player on the planet in McDavid. But what do you think is next for them? That's a thin team that's about to get a lot thinner. When you look at the the unrestricted free agents and, and guys like that that are going to be available, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is not staying at Edmonton. He's gone. Larson, Barry, Kulikov, Ennis, all unrestricted free agents. Mike Smith was on a one-year deal, a show-me deal. I don't know if he signs. I don't know if he is as good as he was this year for you. I, I think, really, uh, Edmonton's got a lot of problems. If you look past two guys on that roster they have not been able to figure it out and I don't think that they are a year or a few transactions from figuring it out either yeah I I totally agree like I don't think you can enter next season as Corpusello and Smith as your goaltenders Mm -hmm. you need to find another goaltender the only real defenseman that you have is Darnell Nurse yep Really? And Who so you, you almost killed in game four. Right. So <laughs> you need to find some more defensemen, mm-hmm. and then you need to find some good depth pieces. But the thing that I struggle with here is how are they going to do it? And mm-hmm. I just I just don't know how they're going to do it. Like, you know, if you look back uh, when Mario Lemieux started his career, his first six seasons are exactly the same as Connor McDavid. They each won only one playoff series Mm -hmm. in their first six years however it was a different game back then you had free agency was different Mm -hmm. right so um pittsburgh could load up on free agents and build their team around mario there was no cap Mm -hmm. so you could build that team around mario you had fewer teams right so you the playoff stretch wasn't as grueling and you weren't competing with as many teams for some of these free agents. The Pittsburgh Penguins added Paul Coffey, uh, Matt Cullen, uh, Kevin Stevens, Mark Recchi, Joe Mullen, Ron Francis, Larry Murphy, yeah. Tom Barrasso. Like if in their, yeah, maybe they were past their prime a little bit, but they were still really good hockey players yep. that you could add to that lineup and all of a sudden the poor years that Mario had suffered in his first six seasons turned around and they won a cup. You know, they drafted Yagar and that Mm -hmm. was a great draft and they drafted a couple of other key players too. I don't think Edmonton can do that in the way the NHL is set up. Not now and certainly not right away. Like that's, you know, when you, when you look at that type of team, that's a what four years 
everything goes well as far as the cap is concerned. Now, the cap is another issue, and, and not to get totally off topic, but uh, I've done some reading about the salary cap in the NHL and where it is and where it should be and, and the, the agent side and the player side and, and all of that. Uh, the one interesting topic that, that always comes up is um, that the agent idea, at least, is that the NHL should have one player or one contract, I guess you should say, that does not count against the cap. The idea is, of course, from the agent perspective, we should be play, paying these star players what star players in all other sports are, are getting. The guaranteed money in basketball, the million, $300 million contracts in, in the MLB, and the NHL is nowhere close to that. And so the thinking behind that is that the NHL team itself would have one player that does not count against the cap, that you can pay you can pay Connor McDavid $25 million a year. It doesn't hit your cap. It's not anything that's been proposed. It's more of just a way of thinking to keep these stars well-paid and, and well-supported. But, you know, when you look at some of these teams that were great and you knew that the clock was ticking on them, and I always go back to Chicago. When Chicago was on their runs, they basically had to tear that one team down, build it back up and won a cup again a couple of years later with like a Dustin Bufflin coming up. But they still had Taves, they still had Kane, they still had all of their big guns. Edmonton doesn't have that. Like really, if you step back and look at the the Oilers roster and, and not their points and the and the, the totals that they got and where they finished in the division and, and all of those things. Difference making players on their team. They sure they've got two of the top five difference makers in the NHL. But who's number three? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right. who's leaving. Right. So you don't you don't even have a full good number one line, barring the unbelievable talent that is Drysidle and McDavid. I, I think the you know this is uh, this is maybe the wool over everybody's eyes that Edmonton is really not close to being able to pull this off. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and I think where they start is the back end, mm-hmm. even though. You know, you'd say they don't have depth scoring. I think you need to start in the back end because they have Darnell Nurse and nobody else. And I don't even know who's going to play goal for them next year. One thing I was just going to mention about Darnell Nurse that I forgot to mention to you guys. He had a four-minute shift in that overtime. Yeah. That tells you you don't have anybody else on your defense and you are in big, big trouble. Now it's time for our play of the week. Incredible, you know, guys. I gotta be honest, I have goosebumps. Unbelievable! Oh my god, oh, wow! and it's brought to you by Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training. So, as I mentioned, I had a great conversation with Shane uh, this week, and uh, um, we were just catching up. I hadn't talked to him in a while, and mentioned, Hey, like, we we really talk you up on this podcast, like, we have turned you into something else. And he says, I've, I've got so he uh, with the with next level athletics and the the little work that he gets to do unfortunately uh in the in the pandemic he says i've i've had people mentioning how you said oh i i can't walk in a door straight i got to walk in sideways <laughs> or man he called me shane the what last week <laughs> so <laughs> he's loving it we love shane uh so you know keep uh <laughs> keep Keep it up with uh, with the ridiculousness for Shane there. Yeah, look up Next Level Athletics and tell him Matt sent you this time. Yeah, <laughs> tell him Matt sent you, not Manny. He's a mix of Zach Efron and Tom Hanks uh, while he was on the island there. <laughs> That's what he's looking like right now. 
And again, we had a list of 10 plays that we could have picked, but we put four in our Twitter poll. And uh, the winner was Carey Price's save on Mitch Marner in game one of their series. Here's Marner and Nylander. Back to Marner. And Carey Price comes across with a game saver. And honorable mention goes to Jordan Bennington's amazing save on Colorado in game one of their series. Yeah, that was tied on the Twitter poll. Chris Cuthbert Mm -hmm. could have been a little bit more excited about Carey Price's save on Mitch Marner there. That was unbelievable. A little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That deserves a did you see that at the top of his lungs. Yeah, that was an amazing save. But some other good plays, that softball catch too that we put up there. I voted for the softball catch. Did you? Everybody's... uh, Everybody's uh, NHL horny right now. Yeah, so look for our poll next Monday on our social media accounts. We will post the candidates for the top play of the week every Monday at Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram. And now we have some other news and notes from the NHL playoffs. Uh, John Tavares was seriously hurt in game one of that Leafs-Habs series. Wasn't a hit for Tavares. Down by Sherratt. And Tavares is hurt. He got kicked right in the face by Perry. Unintentional. But he fell down and boy, he got hit really bad. So John Tavares getting attention here. and So not the hit by Sherratt, but a chain reaction. No, you just worry. Look at the hit was right to the head. Oh, boy, that this is scary. Serious. They're going to need the medical crew, and the officials now are calling for that right away. And we had some debate on our social media about whether the Perry hit was intentional or not. Your guys' thoughts? It wasn't intentional at all. No. I think people forget, watching it on television, how fast this game is. What What is Corey Perry supposed to do? Right. Really? Like, if, if Tavares was on his skates, that would not even be an issue. No. Right? And um, I, I, just because it's Corey Perry uh-huh. doesn't mean every time Corey Perry's on the ice that he's going to be a dirty player. So, I, I just well. found that. <laughs> I just found that. <laughs> I just found that a little bit weird. I had more of an issue with the fight afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Felino had to fight Perry afterwards. Yeah. Because of the quote-unquote the quote code i i believe in the code i don't think that's what the code is for no no and and i don't think that there's really uh when you when you watch that that again there's there's obviously uh to me no intent whatsoever and then he's got to get up and you know obviously he's concerned of the injury and he knows you know he was there right there he would have felt hitting Tavares square in the face and the next thing he knows he's got to fight because uh, because somebody somebody jumps him. Uh, hopefully Tavares is okay. It sounds mm. like he's okay. So and getting better. So good to hear that. We also had a lot of debate on our social media about the hit by Nazem Kadri of the Colorado Avalanche on Justin Falk of the St. Louis Blues. Thomas right off the middle attacking. Thomas drop pass. Falk shoots. Hey, rebound. Shot wide the net by Mikola. Penalty coming up on the Avalanche is Falk. He's leveled in the slot. Bodies on the near side, and Justin Falk is out. Oh, goodness. Kadri was suspended for eight games. Is that too much or not enough or just right? Yeah, I was getting to do it with Scott. Was it Scott on Twitter? Yeah. yeah Scott yeah. doesn't know what he's talking about. Are you kidding me, Scott? <laughs> he, what did Come he on. say? No games? No games. No <laughs> games. He's saying that Justin Falk, who had the puck and skated into the slot, 
worked himself into a vulnerable position. I don't know where he's supposed to go, Scott. You want him to <laughs> you turn around in the slot? Yeah, you want him to turn around and fire it back at Bennington and start again? Like, what do you what do you want him to do? Look, you can't hit people in the head anymore. You can't. You can't go in and the first point of contact being somebody's head. That was the hit. You know, if he body checks the guy, uh, one on one in the slot. Is that a dirty hit? Absolutely. That's a great play. You're knocking him off the puck in a dangerous position. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) You can't go in and lead into the head anymore. Whether eight games is too much, too little, you know, just right. It's the NHL's trying to get rid of it. We all know what they're they're pointing at it or what specific circumstance that the NHL's got the spotlight on him. But you just can't hit people in the head when they're in a vulnerable position. He's a repeat offender, too. I don't know mm-hmm. if he's ever finished a first-round NHL playoff right, series. Right. We're talking about Kadri here, after all. So you knew he was going to miss the rest of that first round. Even if it went seven games, that would have been five. So they tacked on three more because mm-hmm. he's a repeat offender. I think the league got it right here, and I totally agree. It's just one thing that should be a blanket rule. You cannot initiate contact with a player in the head, period. Are you ready? Now let's move on to rapid fire. We had two more no-hitters in Major League Baseball last week. Spencer Turnbull of the Tigers and Corey Kluber of the Yankees. I think we've talked about this for, it's got to be four straight weeks now and how baseball needs to improve. There have been six no-nos this season. The record for the modern era is seven. And Vegas has moved the over-under now to 12. So are you guys going over or under? I'm still waiting for my uh, Matt's uh, explaining what's wrong with baseball <laughs> jingle there, Rashawn. <laughs> I do have to get that done. <laughs> although although Mike was on Twitter with us, and again, we appreciate all the back and forth yeah, yeah. on social media. Uh, but Mike was talking about how uh, you get paid if you hit home runs. You don't get paid... To hit above 300, I think, is what his point was trying to make. Yeah, and, and Mike. Come on, Mike. <laughs> Mike! <laughs> come on, Mike. Yeah, you get, it's not it's not uh, Joey Gallo's fault that uh, that he hits a bunch of home runs and, and the fans want to see home runs and baseball sells home runs. It's not his fault. He just happens to be a guy that hits a lot of home runs. Uh, baseball is a, a three-outcome sport now, and we've, we've talked about that before. I, I don't get how we're not telling people to hit out of the shift. I don't know why teams are not selecting players or looking for players that are gap, double, triple hitters with speed. I think it's so much easier for you to hit a solo home run and a bunch of solo home runs than it is to hit three, get three hits consecutively without getting three outs to score a couple of runs so yeah i get it but you know everybody's swinging for the fences now and it's funny uh, one thing i was thinking about after we had had that conversation with with mike on on twitter and we've talked about it in between is like how baseball has gotten so into the analytical side of things with the war and the ops and, and all of this stuff but no matter how much you get into that and whether it's too technical for a lot of fans or whatever it is Everybody just wants to see a home run. That's all they want to see. So that's the way baseball is is built now. And when you got guys that are trying to hit home runs, there are very, very, very few Major League Baseball players in the last 20 years that hit a ton of home runs that don't strike out a ton. Yeah. And 
that's what you've caused. So in saying all that, I'm going to take the under on 12 no-hitters, hopefully, because if, if we get 13 no-hitters in one Major League Baseball season, no one's going to care about no-hitters anymore, and it's too bad. Yeah, and I think that people are starting to think that right now. For sure. We had two no-hitters in back-to-back days, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like consecutive days. There were were years, I mean like full Major League Baseball seasons, that there weren't no-hitters. We had back-to-back nights. Yeah, last Tuesday, last Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take the under two, but I think it's going to be close. Like I think it's going to be close to 12. There'll be a new record this year. Oh, 100%. But I think it'll be close. And I do think if you hit over 300 and have a strong on-base percentage, you are going to get paid. That's that's just my point. The NBA playoffs are now underway. Hold on, Rashad. Are you going over or under? <laughs> uh, I'm going to go over. Over? over. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to say 13. 13. Okay. I'm going to do whatever Rashad does because he's been pretty good on the betting line of late. So. I know. Real it's going to be 13, and that week, Matt is going to rage on this podcast. <laughs> oh. I think every no-hitter from here on out, I'm going to explain explain why it was wrong and why it's terrible for baseball. <laughs> I'm going I'm going now anti-no-hitter. So I'm Spencer re- Turnbull threw one. It was great to watch. I was pumped. We were in Manny's backyard. I think I woke your kid up when I yelled because <laughs> we were right under her window. One in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And after that, screw him. I don't want to see him anymore. They're killing the game. I'm writing this down. So Matt and Manny under 12, John over 12. Got it. Rashad, how much did like you won last week as far as bets and like let's let's put that on, out here right now. Yeah. You're on you won about 14 grand last week, didn't right? you? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny because I don't have the stomach to bet a lot of money. <laughs> Remember that time when you just put $25,000 on the Orioles to come back and beat Minnesota? <laughs> Well, Jill, we're either going to have to remortgage the house or we're going to be rich. <laughs> Exciting news. We have nowhere to live or we have a mansion, honey. <laughs> I still remember John's face from Caesars Windsor when we were allowed to go into Caesars Windsor and we play roulette. We we all get into these these uh, these phases and, and nobody beats Kevin McDonald and we, we love Kevin. <laughs> it's a bit of an inside story, but uh, w- sometimes we go into these uh, these great just sequences of of betting on on whatever we- websites we're on or pro line or whatever it is and uh, and our boy kevin when we were up in owen sound uh, did not watch sports whatsoever somehow we convinced him to come over one night on a saturday night for hockey night in canada drop a couple bucks on uh, on pro line and then he started just doing it by himself coming in and talking about what he watched last night and he's watching the phoenix coyotes and the anaheim ducks yeah, and he's got everything. money on it and he was for a week he was he was real hot on it and Rashad you kind of dropped off the map a little bit and then got reintroduced once we started picking piñata guys for golf and you had a hell of a weekend yeah you had uh, the Cantlay or whatever it is who who finished it like tied for fourth or something right yeah yeah he had me excited there for a little bit and then um on the final day for Mickelson they had him at a really good price so I bet him and then I won with him and then I bet uh, the Jets to come back from being down in that 4-1 game. 
Um, yeah, I've had a really good week. That's you a did. great streak. I I had to at some point this week. I got to find what what day it was. I forget, but I had to turn my phone off because I swear to you, I was getting pitch by pitch or or <laughs> pass by pass uh, details of what was going on this Jays game. Force out at home when you bet the you bet <laughs> oh, Tampa Bay Jays? to come back. Jays and the Rays when they went to what eleven innings, right? Or and fourteen innings. And you came back and, and bet them. Like the last message I'm looking at here is like Saturday, eleven or twelve oh three. The Jays just hit a two run homer. Like, oh, you, you weren't happy about that. Then uh, <laughs> 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 he had the Giants coming back to beat the like you went you went ham for a while there and did really good. Yeah, I did. It was funny because I remember that night and I was uh, giving you guys the pitch by pitch and the hit by hit. And then you both stopped answering me. And I'm like, oh, I guess this is getting to be a bit much. Now. <laughs> I'm trying to get some friggin' sleep here, Rashad. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. That's what it's like to have kids. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, you did. You had a you had a hell of a week. <laughs> and uh, the NBA playoffs are now underway. So who do you guys think is going to win the championship this year? The obvious pick is the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know. <laughs> I know how you can go against them. Really, I they're know. they're a super team. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like I'm I'm going through the the expert picks because I'm by far no expert with the NBA, and and everybody likes Brooklyn, who's a three seed. Everybody likes the Lakers, who's a seven seed. <laughs> and they like the Clippers, who's like four. You know, the the Utah Jazz are the number one seed. People are picking them to get blown out in the first round. They lose game one. Right. I, I don't know what's going on. So I'm going to I'm gonna just take the Knicks. The Knicks? <laughs> the Knicks? I don't know. I don't know. I, I wrote down Brooklyn in the, in the Clippers, but. Uh, although it's great to see the Knicks in the playoffs because yeah. the fans are in the building and Wild. they're crazy. They are. New York Knicks fans are crazy. They're crazy on like a Tuesday in November against the New Orleans Hornets. Like you get them in the Mm -hmm. playoffs and especially a, you know, a return to the Madison Square Garden like it was this week to just lose to Trey Young. It's, uh, it was, it was wild to see. And now to the NFL where Julio Jones wants out of Atlanta and the Falcons have been asking for a first round pick as part of that return. Is he worth a first rounder? I don't think he is. He's 32 years old. Uh, he was injured last year, so he's he's not always 100%. Is he going to play a full season for you next year? Mm-hmm. He's still owed $38 million over three seasons. Yeah. That's a lot of money to eat up. And he's 32. And he'll be 35 by the end of that deal. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's worth a first-rounder just because you have to eat so much money. For yeah. sure. And I understand the Falcons, they're waiting until June 1st before they even consider making a move because they'll get $15 million in cap relief after June 1st if they make a move. But the Patriots maybe, the Niners maybe, I just don't see them giving up a first-rounder. There's only one team that stands out for me that would give up a first-rounder, and this is where you have to walk or hopefully give your your quarterback a call and hopefully at this point he answers your phone call and you say look uh, we're we're trying would would getting julio jones keep aaron Rodgers in green bay and keep him happy and if he says yes you bet your ass you're going to give him a first round pick you might be giving him a fourth round pick you're like look i'm trying to save my franchise here i'll take him and and you eat it 
Phil Mickelson became the oldest major golf champion in history by winning the PGA Championship this weekend at the age of 50. Here it is. Biggest moment of a legendary career. Phil defeats Father Time. Do you think that record stands or will someone break that eventually? I just, I just think like 50 is not old. Yeah, 50 is not old. You know? Yeah. Uh, so I would... As, as we get old, yeah. 50 is not old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I would I would say yes. Um, you know, and, and this is, again, not, not having played golf much at all. Uh, to me, it's, it's four days. It's grueling. You know, you can have different weather for four days. You can just be really hot or really not for four days. To me, there's a fair amount of flexibility there, so I'll say yes. I don't think Phil Mickelson is regarded anymore as a top five, top ten golfer. I don't think many people would have projected him out of the gate to to win this tournament. So, yeah, I I would think so. I think it'll be a while, though, if somebody does it. Like I, I think it was great to see Phil win it just because he's one of the more recognizable names mm-hmm. in golf. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when he was having his battles with Tiger, maybe he wasn't as well liked, but now he seems very well liked now in the right, golf world. Right. So I think it was great to see. And I, I you know, I, I agree. I think somebody <laughs> will break the mark, but um, maybe not as somebody as uh, accomplished as right. Phil Lefty. And um, I think it's going to be a long, long time before it happens. Yeah, because golf has really had that that space and time where there were some some good players, but it was Tiger and Phil. And now you know there it seems like it's more of a complete uh, uh, roster uh, of golfers. Um, the field gets bigger and bigger, so you're letting more golfers in. You know you you've got the chance of. Uh, some guys or some names popping up again, like uh, Louis Woodhuizen uh, or, or yeah. however you say yeah. his last name. He won the Masters, right? Was it uh, the Masters he won when he came out of Was nowhere? It the Masters or, or British Open? I can't even one remember. Of, one of the, yeah. the majors, and then his name showed up again. So in golf, you can kind of disappear and, and reappear, but it seems like the the stars of golf or the the ones that uh, are are at the most prominent are very young. So a lot of these guys are 20 years from turning 50. So a lot of things can happen in between, but uh, I, I can see where you're coming from. And let's go to some music here. The Tragically Hip. Have yeah, Rashad, the- uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk music. <laughs> That's what people come here for, really. What do you got yes, for us, do. Rashad? What, yeah. what band are we going to talk about, Rashad? Well, Matt, the Tragically Hip have released a new EP (laughs) titled Saskadelphia, and the song Ouch was featured prominently on Hockey Night in Canada over the weekend. And what do you guys think? Pump it or dump it? Rashad, what do you think? <laughs> Are you trying to get me deported? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> simply not. Look, you could do this from home, wherever they send you. It's all right. Just be a di- bit of a time difference. <laughs> it's a great song. I say pump it. <laughs> what do you say, Rashad? Yes. <laughs> you like liar. 
Like you, I would with any tragically hip song. You liar. <laughs> I, I think to me there's nothing in this in this entire beautiful country that's more Canadian that we should be more proud of uh, than than the tragically hip. Right, John? Okay. Here's what I have to say about this. <laughs> I have been to Bob Cajun. It's a gas station and nothing else. Great town. Why? Oh, great that, village. Why is that such a beloved song? I will never understand it. Is there is there a hip song you don't mind? Uh, New Orleans is Sinking is a pretty good okay. song. I do like that song. Okay. Like all of their songs. Oh, Manny. <laughs> I'm going to get so much heat for this on social media. This is great. Look, we're we're really the the rest of the show is just a trap. Like we're actually just the show's going to be six minutes this week, and it's just going to be this part of you saying that you you can't stand the tragically hip, and that they are coming out with with new music now is is one of the worst thing that's happened to you in the last couple of years. That's all well, we're knows. trying to get you to say. That's right, exactly. Well, you know what was funny is when I very first moved to Ontario, I made the mistake on the school bus of saying to the kid who was sitting beside me, because everyone was bragging about how the Tragically Hip was from just down the road from where I lived. And I said to them, I'm like, eh, I don't really like the hip. And honestly, some guy who's probably 30 in high school yells from the back of the bus, who doesn't like the Tragically Hip? <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> and ever since that day, John Rashad has stuck to his guns. I know. And <laughs> like I was I was up uh, in in Markdale uh for that last show on CBC and and like you were weeping and and I <laughs> thought he's he's finally coming around to the the Canadiana. Um no. No. <laughs> It was. I think Rashad was the only person watching that CBC special and uh, either counting down the minutes until it was over Aww. or wanting to, to change the channel. Gord Downey's a lyrical genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Wheat Kings, whatever. <laughs> and I have one more song for you. Oh, <laughs> another one! Is there, yeah. before, before you get to that one, is there something, uh, Manny, that uh, like Rashad... Uh, uh, clearly hates the tragically hip. He's yes. Canadian. He's a Canadian citizen. Yeah. He hates the tragically hip. Is there something that you hate that like the world in general really, really loves, or like a small area, or like you know, like <laughs> anything like that? Not as much as John. Like I wasn't a huge. John's is up there. Yeah, I wasn't a huge Rush fan. Okay, um, but I know a lot of people love Rush. Yeah, Giddy Lee. So, yeah, yeah. One of the greatest Canadian rock and roll bands of all time. And I like Getty Lee. I'm there just not an overly huge Rush fan. Okay. That's but nothing so close. hates Rush. <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing close to John Rashad. No, no. Yeah. Mine's Tom Hanks. Really? I, I, I hate Tom Hanks. Why? I just think he's, I think he's uh, overrated. He's the greatest actor that's, of our time. That's what they say. I think the volleyball was better. <laughs> Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> I think there have been two movies that he has not been, or uh, let me rephrase. I think there's two movies that he's been the best actor in the cast. And I think the rest of them 
he's getting outacted by somebody. And I think you could say that about Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> that he's been the best actor in two of the movies that he's been in. And I, I, I don't, I don't get it. I get he's a nice guy. I get the whole Rita Wilson thing, and, and I'm sure he's he's a very pleasant individual. He says what, very nice things about me. What was the name of the dog in Turner and Hooch? Are you saying the dog was better than Tom Hanks in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> that was a funny dog <laughs> oh man we're in trouble <laughs> yep alright so the rapper Bia has a song called Skate and the Stanley Cup was dropped in the lyrics so the NHL is featuring it prominently in its highlights I like long walks with my head up to the ring NHL hey. And so what do you guys think of this one? Pump it or dump it? I say pump it again. Uh, <laughs> pump it again. <laughs> you can dump this one. No. Dump this one. Come on. Are you telling me that the NHL has found its way into the lyrics in a rap song? Like, come on. <laughs> I know. The league's got to take advantage they, of that. They sure do. Pump it. I can't. They, Just because I'm a hockey fan, pump it. They bailed on the, uh, the Bieber Leaf song pretty <laughs> fast, too, didn't they? <laughs> Although Leaf fans are playing it, all are the they time. still playing it? They're yeah. still playing it. All right, yeah. No, nah, dump it for me. It's not. Uh, it's not Weller, man. Sea shanty. <laughs> <laughs> We're shot. Do you like Bia or the Tragically uh, Hip? <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> if Bia had found a word to rhyme with Gretzky, I would have been all in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to shoot and, her uh, a message right now. <laughs> <laughs> Number part two coming up. T O T. Skate number two. Uh, uh. <laughs> and that's our show for today. Remember to email us with all your feedback, show ideas, even your own hot takes. Please, not too much uh, hate mail from hip fans at four future considerations at gmail.com. Yeah, there's not a lot of those were shot. We should be okay. <laughs> Uh, follow us on social media as well podcast ffc on twitter and instagram find out how the leafs did uh, before the leafs even play the day before <laughs> we'll have the final score so you can bet like john rajat does uh find out uh, on uh, facebook as well uh at for future considerations and remember to stay tuned for our next episode called the ot which will drop on friday that is right we will be joined by the man the myth the legend the one and only Tony Ambrosio, who has covered almost every single sport as a reporter, every sport. I mean, he's got some great stories, and we're looking forward to that episode. We're going to miss one of them at, at some point, and he's going to call us out because he's uh, he's got a bit of an ego. But we're excited about <laughs> Cocky we're, we're excited about this interview. We want to thank all of our sponsors. Talk about ego. Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training. Half the class, when you go see him, is basically him asking his client how great he looks today. So that's something to, to think of if you're going to sign up with him and thanks to london awnings to quality that shows they do great work as well as we said stay tuned for the ot and thanks for listening to for future considerations that was a disgraceful performance in my opinion in my opinion that sucked their mentality's awful their attitude's awful it's been their mo for the last three years tonight i saw and heard 
one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career. Probably the worst. It's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.